Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, if this Raiders team were to exceed expectations in 2023, what would they need to do? That plus a whole lot more comes up on Wednesday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for August 23rd, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thanks so much. We definitely appreciate you. About to get over that 8,000 subscription uh, threshold, so we definitely appreciate that. Uh, the show is growing in a major way, and my man Ari has so much pride. He comes in and tells me about it each and every day. Q, did you see this? Q, did you see that? And I have to always let him down and say, Ari, I didn't get a chance to check it out today. He's like, man, you got to go check it out. The YouTube page is looking really good. So shout out to my man Ari. does a great job each and every day making sure we're up on YouTube looking good and sounding good. You can check out Ari on Twitter at Ari Produces. If you want to hit me up on Twitter, you can at your boy Q254. And we got the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. It's funny. We had a tweet in segment number three of the show on Tuesday. I got a tweet that I got and received during my radio show on Tuesday. I'm actually going to bring that to the table coming up in segment number two of today's show. So you hit me up on Twitter. I do get your uh, feedback in on the show. And I think with the conversation we'll have in segment number two, this tweet will be perfect for it. But in segment number three, of course, we'll get your calls and texts. Again, the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line is 707-654-4693. In segment number two, going to talk about this team, this 2023 version of the Raiders, and for them to eat to exceed the expectations, which please believe the expectations are not real high. Right. I mean, I've, I've told stories before about the ultimate division crossover that we do here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And it's a little different than the one we've done uh, for the most part each and every year in preparation for the season. And we recorded it on Sunday and I'm not too sure when the Lockdown Podcast Network is going to uh, actually drop it. But for the most part, everyone expected the Raiders to end the, finish last. I think uh, host the Locked On Chiefs. I think uh, one of the guys from the Chiefs uh, didn't expect them to finish last, expected the Broncos too. But for the most part, the expectations uh, as we went through the conversation for the Raiders weren't a whole lot. So we'll talk about for the Raiders to exceed those expectations and for what most people on the outside believe that the Raiders are going to do in 2023, what needs to happen. I got some thoughts uh, from a listener, a really good friend of mine, and then also I got my thoughts coming up in segment number two. Here in segment number one, I'd like to hit you with the news and notes of the day. We'll jump right into it after I tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is LinkedIn Jobs. They help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. All you got to do is post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Off top, the Raiders made a roster move on Tuesday, and that was placing linebacker Darian Butler on the reserve injured list. So that means his season is over over before it got started, and that's unfortunate. Darian Butler was an undrafted free agent a year ago out of Arizona State. He was very comfortable and very familiar with Antonio Pierce, the linebacker's coach. Thought maybe he was going to be able to take that step forward this upcoming year, knowing that he did a lot of special teams in 2022. And, well, lo and behold, he's on the injured reserve. He's done. Season is over. So what that does is that lessens the depth in the linebacking room for the Raiders in that defense. And the linebacking room is one of those rooms that I've been talking about quite a bit that I still am a little cautious about how good they're going to be potentially uh, from the linebacker room. Like you got Divine Diablo. You feel like he has a potential to take that next step. 
Robert Spillane, you feel like he has the potential to be a good linebacker. Luke Masterson, they're expecting him to take another step as being an undrafted free agent a year ago. He got a lot of uh, attention. He played a lot, quite a bit. Matter of fact, in 2022, they're expecting him to do a lot better in 2023. So that's kind of a thin room, right? Amari Bernie is the sixth-round pick that they got out of Florida, and he looks pretty promising so far through preseason, two preseason games. But, again, it's preseason. He's a rookie. There's going to be some growing pain. So there's not a lot of proven depth in that linebacker room. And I'm not saying Darian Butler was proven depth because he's not. Curtis Bolton, he actually played pretty well against the uh, the Rams in preseason game number two on Saturday, last Saturday. So uh, he's a guy that's normally a special teamer. Maybe he's a guy that has to go out there and play a little bit of defense. And, again, from what I saw on Saturday – I think that that's okay, but again, got to be very cautious about that and and basically uh, judging what you're seeing in preseason and thinking it's going to translate to the regular season. So again, I think that that room is pretty thin as far as experience and depth goes. They have Devon Diablo and Robert Spillane, and those are the guys that are probably the most experienced in that linebacker room. So who's going to step up? Are they going to be able to take that next step and be complimentary on that Raiders defense? And can Luke Masterson step up and be that guy as well. So Darian Butler, second-year guy out of Arizona State on the reserve injured list. He's done for the season. My guy, Tashawn Reed from The Athletic, he does a really good job. I mentioned on Tuesday I wasn't going to be able to go to practice. They didn't practice till 1230. And this is the time of year when they start transitioning to practicing later. Early in training camp, I love it because they practice super early in the morning. I have an opportunity to be there, check out practice, talk to the coaches and players, then make a beeline to the radio station, do my show, do this, that, and the other. Everything is all good, and all in a timely fashion. Well, later on, all of a sudden, it becomes practice at like 1230, and then talking to the media at 2.30. Well, my radio show starts at 2, so I don't really have an opportunity to do all of that. So I wasn't there on Tuesday, but Deshaun Reed always does a really good job of pointing out who's practicing and who's not. That's like the first thing he does each and every day of practicing. It's something that I should really get in the habit of doing, something that Tashawn has down to a science. He does it a really good job, and most people, you know, when, hey, do you, have you seen this guy out here? Have you seen that guy out there? Uh, check with Tashawn. Tashawn always knows, and that's really what we do. So I want to tip my cap to Tashawn because he does a really good job at seeing who's in and who's out as far as practice. So on Tuesday, Tashawn said running back Britton Brown was a guy that wasn't practicing. Wide receiver Chris Lacey, guard Dylan Parham. I believe he's still dealing with a head injury. Of course, it hasn't been confirmed, but he left the 49er preseason game with what appeared to be a head injury, so I'm assuming that that's a concussion. Defensive end Chandler Jones. I'm concerned about this one. And today we talked to head coach Josh McDaniels around 11.15 this morning. We're going to ask him about Chandler Jones. If it's not me, it'll be somebody. If Vinny doesn't ask him right off top because he always asks questions first, then I'll definitely ask about Chandler Jones. We have not seen Chandler Jones since the second day of joint practices against the Niners. That was the last time I saw Chandler Jones at practice was day one against the Niners. Day two, never saw him. Didn't see him in the game on Sunday. Didn't see him all week long last week. Of course, they were practicing in L.A. Didn't see him in the game on uh, Saturday against the Rams, and he wasn't there on Tuesday. So Chandler Jones is a guy I'm very concerned what's going on with him. For the Raiders' defense to take that next step, I know what Max Crosby is going to bring to the table. I feel like I know what Tyree Wilson can eventually bring to the table. Chandler Jones has got to play better than he did in 2022. He's got to be a complimentary piece. Rich Gannon, he talked on, well, he didn't talk on the show, but I had what he had to say on the show on uh, on Tuesday, and he was talking about the Raiders' defense, and he was saying for them to take that next step, really a lot of it's going to rely on Chandler Jones being that guy. Well, 
All of a sudden, he hasn't been out there for what feels like a couple weeks. What's going on with Chandler Jones? So that's definitely going to be a question I have written down already to ask Coach McDaniels about uh, today when we talk to him around 11.15 in the morning. Defensive tackle Bilal Nichols was also not there. Defensive tackle Byron Young was not there. Defensive end Isaac Rochelle was not there. Linebacker Darian Butler, now we know why. He's on the reserve injured list. He's done. Cornerback Ja'Korian Bennett and cornerback Nate Hobbs. Uh, Two more guys that I'm pretty concerned about. Ja'Korian Bennett, I heard that he was working through some things. Right, and that's why he didn't participate in the preseason game on Saturday against the Rams. And so him not practicing on uh, on Tuesday is a little bit concerning. And Nate Hobbs as well, two guys that I think are expected to be some big time contributors to the Raiders defense this year. And I think that Marcus Peters, Jacorian Bennett, and Nate Hobbs is a nice little one, two, three punch as far as the starting cornerbacks go. But if Jacorian Bennett's not healthy, he can't go. So then that would probably kick Nate Hobbs to the outside and Tyler Hall into the slot. And I do think that Nate Hobbs is at his best when he's in the slot. So I'd like to see Ja'Korian Bennett come back sooner rather than later. Another guy I have written down to ask Coach McDaniels about later on this morning. Uh, also, Hunter Renfro was practicing with the red jersey on on Tuesday. He was nursing a shoulder injury. So hopefully Hunter is back sooner rather than later as well. As we know, cutdowns are on the 29th and the first week of the season against the Denver Broncos is coming up sooner rather than later. Uh, what, September 11th is when everything gets underway? So hopefully Hunter Renfro is really good to go. He's going to be a key piece to this offense, I do believe. So that was just a little update of guys that they were practicing and weren't practicing on Tuesday, according to Deshaun Reed from The Athletic. As I mentioned, we'll be talking to head coach Josh McDaniels this morning at 11.15 Pacific time. That's approximate, of course, in the Intermountain Health Performance Center. And then 12.30 to 2.30 is practice open to the media. Uh, there's a small portion for video and and uh, in pictures and this, that, and the other. Uh, I won't be in attendance from the 1230 to 2.30. I got to make a beeline back to the radio station and get ready for the show. And then at 2.30, select players will be in the media room talking to the media. But 11.15, I'll definitely be in attendance for head coach Josh McDaniels. Want to ask him in particular about Chandler Jones and definitely want to ask him about Ja'Korian Bennett as well. Again, two guys that I expect to be uh, some big-time contributors to this Raiders defense. They're going to need those guys if they want to take that next step. So that's what I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, can this team exceed expectations in 2023? If they can, what do they need to do? We'll talk about that in segment number two after I tell you about bird dogs. And bird dogs make you look good. Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fix this issue by inventing cloud-knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you will get a sway slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dog uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day day long. What you need to do is go to birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or use the promo code locked on NFL for a free white tech hat with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NFL or promo code locked on NFL for a free white tech hat. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. Nobody does. Everybody I talk to that says, man, I went and got some bird dogs after you mentioned it and I used that promo code locked on NFL, got that white tech hat for free. Nobody ever wants to take these things off. I promise. Check them out today. Again, birddogs.com slash Locked On NFL. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about this Raiders team in 2023 and the expectations. And there's not a lot of high expectations right now for the silver and black. And I have said it many times. I think that's okay. I had the high expectations for the team a year ago, and we know how that shook out. So I think that them flying under the radar, nobody really talking about them too much. I know here and there folks are starting to talk about them. I played the sound from Rich Gannon on Tuesday's show. Colin Cowherd actually played the sound on my radio show. It's five minutes long. I would love to play it here, but it's literally five minutes long, and it would take up just about the whole segment. So I'm not going to go ahead and do that right now. But trust and believe he was giving Josh McDaniels a lot of credit. He was giving Jimmy G and the offense a lot of credit, and he was believing that the defense could take some steps. It was talking about having guys in certain positions, having alphas like a Max Crosby, like a Josh Jacobs, like a Jimmy G, Devontae Adams, having Josh McDaniels be a really good head coach. You know, all all these different things Colin Cowherd was saying, so he's starting to come around on the Raiders. But then there's some on the other side of things, like NFL Network's Adam Rank, who actually have the Raiders going 0-10 in their first 10 games, which I think is just completely dumb. You know, and Adam Rank was a guy last year that had very high expectations for the Raiders. So maybe because he got burned, he said, yep, know what? I'm not giving them no love anymore. 0-10 to start the season, I think, is silly. Now, I'm not saying it's impossible. We've seen it happen before. I just don't think that this unit would let that happen. And, I mean, I look at the schedule, and I believe it's tough. But I don't believe that they're going to go 0-10. Hell, I believe that there's a great chance that they're 1-0 after week one. <laughs> right? I just, I mean, that's just looking at it. I think they could very easily be 1-0 after the first week. Denver doesn't look at me. I don't look at Denver as a team that, like, scares me. They think, oh, man, what are they going to do? And, hell, I don't really get scared by Buffalo week two, even though it's uh, in Buffalo. It's a home opener for the Bills. I know that that's a ruckus environment, but okay. So what? So, I mean, those first two road games, they don't scare me. I think that they're tough because they're both on the road, but I mean, what NFL game's not tough? So, you know, for Adam Rank to say that the Raiders were going to go start the season 0-10, I think that that's just silly. But, you know, I mean, they, they've got to they gotta make their living and, and share their thoughts and feelings the way that they want to. And again, the Raiders flying under the radar, I think that that's okay. So on my radio show on Tuesday, I threw the question out there about expectations. As a matter of fact, I'm looking to make sure I get the wording correctly. I said, do you see a scenario where the Raiders are better than a lot of people expect? Are you starting to believe in this Raiders team in 2023, or are you still proceeding with caution? And so there was a lot of good responses that I got on my radio show. And one I received by way of Twitter that I never got to Bill out of Pittsburgh, Cali, real good dude, uh, always shows up in Las Vegas for the games. He's always out here. Uh, he's always good to catch up with. And I spent a lot of time of my life in Pittsburgh uh, growing up as a youngster. That's where I originally lived was in Pittsburgh, California. So we always talk about Pittsburgh whenever we get together. But he sent this message to me. He said, Q, I need to see our defense make stops and not just let teams drive down the field on us. Still need to see us do better in the red zone. And finally, if Jimmy G stays healthy, I think it gives us a great chance. That'll get me excited, but I'll be at very every that will get me excited, but I will be at every game. So let's go. Ready to party cue? Go Raiders. That's Bill out of Pittsburgh Cali. And I definitely appreciate Bill in that message. And yeah, I mean the defense again. That's where it starts for me. You know, I have my thoughts on what's going to, you know, make this team be a better team than what most people expect. And defense has got to be where it's at. I was talking about the defense last year, and a lot of people got mad at me. Why do you keep on talking about the defense? The defense doesn't have all the money invested in it. Uh, The Raiders didn't do anything to address the defense. You shouldn't be mad at the defense. I'm like, man, those guys still get checks. Those guys still have pride. Those guys still know that they have to go out there and stop somebody, right? And there was more times than not that they didn't. And there's other times that the offense didn't complement the defense when they were playing decent. And that's, you know, a collective team effort. But 
it, it's definitely what starts with the defense, like Bill said. Uh, so I understand where he's coming from. The red zone has been an issue for the longest time. We all know that. That has got to be improved. I feel pretty good about what the Raiders have done in the red zone so far through two preseason games. And I know Jimmy G only played one drive, but – I do think that with Jimmy G and his ability to throw the ball into the end zone, I think that that's such a game changer, something that we haven't seen for the longest. We've seen so many times the Raiders throw the ball short of the goal line and expect a a player to make a a break a tackle to get into the end zone. And a lot of times Josh Jacobs ends up running the ball into the end zone, which is great, right? I mean, he scored 12 touchdowns a season ago, so we know he has a nose for the end zone. He can do that. But, man, the Raiders have to make a habit of throwing the ball into the end zone. I keep going back to that that play that I saw Jimmy G make on the indoor facility and Dave Ziegler was standing underneath the goalpost where Jimmy G just threw a dart into the back of the end zone. Devontae caught it, and Dave Ziegler yelled out, Nice ball, 10! Nice ball, 10! Like, he was fired up because he knew what that was all about, right? He knew that that's what they have to do more of. Throw the rock into the end zone and get seven. Turn out to get seven as opposed to three like the Raiders have done. So, yeah, the red zone has got to be a whole lot better, and I think Jimmy G will have a lot to do with that, and I think Josh McDaniels will dial up a lot of play calls throwing it into the end zone. I believe the really good teams throw it into the end zone and find ways to get open and score that score that touchdown. So that's that's uh, what Bill is looking forward to, and I definitely think that, that he's on to something. Like, if the Raiders just do really good in those areas, they'll be a lot better team. What I'm looking at, and I have four things that I'm looking at, that will make me feel like this team is taking the right step uh, and, and headed in the right direction in 2023. One, I'm going to start with the defense, just like Bill. Defense must continue to make plays like we've seen in a small sample size in training camp and preseason. I've harped on turnovers, I've harped on turnovers, and I've harped on turnovers some more. Right? 40-20 is what I've been talking about. The Raiders' goals for 2023, in my opinion, should be 40 sacks and 20 interceptions. Not saying that they're going to get that, but that's what they should aim for. If they get anywhere near there, they're going to win some games. They're going to give the ball back to their offense and give themselves opportunities to score more points, more points, and more points. Right? 40 sacks, 20 interceptions. Again, that's what my number as far as goals for the Raiders should be as far as I'm concerned. Josh Jacobs needs to be back by week one. I would like to see him back. Honestly, I'd like to see him back before this Cowboy game on Saturday. But if not before the game, like Monday, get into camp and get a little bit of, uh, you know, run at the facility and uh, get hit a little bit in camp just to kind of get calloused up. Like Josh McDaniel said last year when he played in the Hall of Fame game, running backs need to get hit. I'd like to see Josh Jacobs back no later than Monday of next week. Not saying that that's going to happen but would like to see that. So Josh Jacobs is uh, another element to this team heading in the right direction. Jimmy, continuing to grow in this offense, take command of this offense, and take advantage of all the weapons around him. And I mean all the weapons. I'm talking Devontae. I'm talking Hunter. I'm talking Jacoby. Josh Jacobs, as long as he's there. Uh, I'm talking about uh, Michael Mayer, the tight end, right? Uh, DeAndre Carter, who I thought was in a battle with Trey Tucker for a roster spot after Saturday. I feel like he's... He's already solidified his spot, and maybe Trey, they'll bring him along a little bit slower. Don't think he's quite ready to take that role. He's just a little inconsistent with his hands. But he's got speed, so use that speed as well. Like, I want to see all these elements added to the mix, right? Take advantage of all the weapons around Jimmy G. And finally, something that enough people don't talk about, I think, special teams be an advantage to the Raiders as opposed to well, just the kicking game and the punting game being really good with Daniel Carlson and, and uh, A.J. Cole. How about the return game be special? DeAndre Carter showed a little something-something on Saturday against the Rams. Uh, a, uh, um, Trey Tucker showed a little something-something on Saturday against the Rams. 
They've got to find a way, and it's been a very long time since the Raiders have had a dominant return man. Amir Abdullah did the best he could last year. There were so many times I felt like he was going to break one and take it to the house. I felt like he was one block away, maybe two blocks away from taking it to the house. He told me that they were one or two blocks away and that he missed the block. I'd like to see a guy like DeAndre Carter or a guy like Trey Tucker finally find a way to give the Raiders an advantage when it comes to field position. Put the Raiders in good position. Get plus yardage. On kickoffs, you're, getting, you're given 25 yards, right? Get it to the 30. Get it to the 35 consistently. Put them in a nice position. Punt returns. Get a little wiggle going, right? Get up the field. Give the Raiders shorter fields. If they can find an advantage, if they can find a way to make their kick return and punt return dangerous and weapons, that's just going to help the offense that much more. So, yeah, we know that A.J. Cole, we know Daniel Carlson are dynamic. I think that the, the, the kick and punt coverage teams – are going to be doing a really good job. I like what I've seen so far. Have they had a couple breakdowns here and there? Sure. But they're working on it right now. They're working on what best fits them best. So I think that the coverage units are going to be really good. I want to see the return units be really good as well. So for the team, if the Raiders are going to exceed expectations for me, what they need to do is the defense has to continue to make plays like we've seen so far in training camp preseason. Josh Jacobs needs to be there week one. Jimmy's got to take command of the offense, take advantage of all the weapons around him, and special teams has to be that. Special. Take advantage of the kicking game, punt game, kick return, punt return. Coverage has got to be on point as well. I think the special teams unit could really do that and really be an element that the Raiders have not had for some very long years. I mean, you tell me. I'll wait the last time that the Raiders had a dangerous, explosive kick return and punt returner. Really. I mean, there's, there's, you know, you can say, you can say guys here and there, like, you know, Hunter Renfro's done a good job. There's times I thought he was going to take it to the house. He didn't have an opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, what was it? Dwayne, was it Dwayne Harris? Is that his name? It doesn't sound right, but uh, you know who I'm talking about when he had the 99 yard kick return against the Broncos at the Coliseum, uh, when everyone thought that you don't pick up the ball, don't pick up the ball. Oh, take, pick up the ball. Oh, run with it. Keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. I mean, that was a nice veteran play. He took it to the house, but they haven't had a consistent, you know, explosive, return game they just haven't had that guy if the Raiders could find that guy that would be such a huge advantage for them moving forward so that's what I got for you for segment number two of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast kind of what this Raiders team needs to do if they're going to be a really good unit a much better team than most people expect in 2023 what's on your mind your calls and texts are coming up next as we close out the show for segment number three 707-654-4693 that's the lockdown raider podcast voicemail line we'll get to that right after i tell you about the title sponsor of the show which is linkedin jobs these days every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business you want to be 100 percent certain that you've got access to the best qualified candidates available that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs linkedin jobs help you find the right people for your team faster and for free all you got to do is post your job add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your linkedin profile to spread the word that you're hiring simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire it's why small businesses rank linkedin jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors right now linkedin jobs help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on nfl that's linkedin.com slash locked on nfl to post your job for free terms and conditions apply your locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team 
every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Lockdown Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Uh, let's start things off with a call from Jordan, Oregon. He's calling to talk about Aiden O'Connell and how he's pretty pumped up about him and what he could possibly do moving forward. Here he is, Jordan, Oregon. What's going on, Q? Jordan, Oregon, calling in here. I just wanted to give you a shout-out for uh, all the the Basically, pre and post game, everything you're doing for the Raiders right now, you're, you're putting in a solid effort. And I just want to let you know it's very much appreciated. And um, this season, I've actually tried to kind of widen um, the umbrella of friends that listen to you, just anybody I can. I try to refer them to your pre game and just everything you've been doing this preseason has been good stuff, and people are impressed. But anyway, the reason I wanted to call is uh, just like everybody, pretty stoked on O'Connell. And I just want to bring up the point, it's about time something, you know, kind of fell in our lap. And I know he didn't fall in our lap. We could have, you know, gone a whole different direction. And it's not like he was a player that just everybody was, was seeking. But I will say there's been a few times in the last, since like 19, that we've had some of these fourth, fifth rounders uh, end up turning into like, you know, a big time playmaker for us, whether it be Max or Renfro or, you know, potentially O'Connell. And so, I just want to say, man, my point with this guy is if you go back and just even look at him at Purdue, just like, you know, from the walk-on standpoint to, you know, he actually was on campus for a couple of years, not even playing, just, you know, kind of doing the redshirt thing and then finally got a couple seasons in. The guy looks much smaller, just like two years ago. If you go look at his tape, you kind of see a slender upper body build. Even his throwing motion looks a little bit shorter and just looks – I don't know. He just doesn't have the stature he does now. So with that being said, I know we've all been around a guy or two in your life that really gets large and big <laughs> later than the rest of us. He's 24 right now, but this kid could still be like kind of coming into his own as far as his physical capabilities. And so, uh, yeah, that's all I have for you. Peace out, bro. Jordan, thanks so much for the call. Appreciate you. And yeah, Aiden has been the talk, right? He's given Raider Nation hope. Uh, and I believe that if Jimmy goes down, that Raider Nation would be okay with Aiden O'Connell jumping into action. Now, again, we hope that you don't see him at all in 2023. At least that's what I hope, that you don't see Aiden O'Connell. That means Jimmy G is out there and he's playing well. But I do believe that this staff is probably getting more and more comfortable with Aiden O'Connell. And in case of emergency, they may break glass and let him go out there and, uh, and spin it a few times. I think Brian Hoyer is still valuable on the roster. I really do, but I can see a scenario where at some point Aiden O'Connell is the number two quarterback and Brian Hoyer number three. I just kind of look at it that way. And, you know, honestly, it might not even matter what the actual number is, you know, as far as, uh, you know, the game day, who dresses out or not with the new quarterback rule and how you can have that third quarterback uh, in case of emergency really break glass so you don't end up with a 49ers-Eagles situation from the playoffs a year ago. But I do think that Aiden O'Connell's getting more and more comfortable with being an NFL quarterback, even though it's only been two preseason games. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Modesto Dave out the 209. It says, hey, Q. I was listening to Tuesday's Lockdown Raiders podcast, and your topic about the national media starting to take notice of the Raiders brought me to ask about a bigger topic that I've always been fascinated by, national media versus local media. For, near, for years now, the national media has disrespected and has had low expectations regarding the Raiders. This frustrates us Raider fans, of course, but unfortunately, more times than not, the national media proves to be right. I, fan, I find local beat... I find local media beat writers are generally more optimistic about local teams, but in Raiders' case, they are usually wrong the majority of the time. 
I listened to a national outlet talk about local team beat writers saying that most, not all local beat writers, have to toe the company line a lot of time to maintain access to players and coaches. They aren't censored in what they report, but they can always give a true narrative on a player or topic or situation. What is your experience in regards to this topic? As a, as a longtime Raiders fan, I also see a lot more disagreement in local media regarding team or player. Who are your favorite national reporters? The big problem with them is no media coverage at all unless it's negative. As long as as longtime Sacramento Kings fan last year was a perfect example of national media completely ignoring Kings and then scrambling to find a take when it was obvious the Kings were going to make the playoffs. I just think some in-depth discussion of national versus local media pros and cons would be a great topic to discuss. Modesto Dave from the 209. Thank you for that text, my man. Very lengthy text right there. And honestly, it could be a very long discussion when you talk about the national and local media. I've heard the take of, well, uh, Local media has to be careful or you're going to get your access limited. That's not true. I could guarantee you that that's not true. There is people, and I won't name names because I'm not disrespectful. There is people that cover the Raiders right now on a local, on a local level that I'm not saying that they you know, say disrespectful things, but they have no business covering the team. Right. There's some and, and sometimes it's very embarrassing when you hear certain questions that are asked the way that they're posed. It's like, what are we doing here? Right. And, and sometimes there'll be national media there in the media center and they'll all of a sudden look up at you like, what the hell was that? Right. I mean, there's just some questions. And like I said, everyone doesn't need to have access. And, and I don't like to say that like I'm above someone, but you have to just have a level of professionalism. And sometimes it's just not there and you can see it and you can hear it. And it's not from lack of effort. It's just because they're, you know, just haven't been taught correctly how to do things. Um, the national media. I would say that from their standpoint, and I guess I can speak on it really well since I do both now, national media and and local, um, it's just, I, I guess that name, like an ESPN or NFL Network or Fox Sports or whatever the case may be, and it's national, it carries more weight because it reaches more people. So when they come in, a lot of times it's like, oh, you know, Omar Ruiz from the NFL Network, which is one of my good buddies, oh, he's coming in to talk to Coach Josh McDaniels, he's going to sit down for a one-on-one. Okay, cool. I'd love to sit down with a one-on-one, but I don't get that, right? And, and that's, just, that's just unfortunate. But a lot of times the national media is looked at as a bigger priority when they do come visit because they're not there all the time. And, you know, they've got the bigger outlet and they've got the bigger reach as well. So a lot of times those guys will reach out. But, um, you know, sometimes the national media doesn't really understand the team like a local media would. Uh, I, I like to go to the local media for the, for the thoughts on – on like the Raiders or, 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 you know, even like John McClain, who is a national guy. But if I want to know about the Texans, I go to him, right? I don't go to Ian Rappaport for Texans information. I go to a guy that's around the Texans all the time. Cause he'll give me a better idea. And a lot of times the national guys are getting information from the local guys. So it's a lot, it's a lot of give or take, you know, there's not a whole lot different. It's just really the reach as far as I'm concerned. And like I said, now that I do both uh, ESPN and I'm, uh, and I'm local, um, you know, I, I kind of, I see the the best of both worlds as far as I'm concerned. So it's just it's kind of give or take. You got to pick and choose what you prefer. Some people prefer the nationals uh, perspective, and others prefer the the local perspective. And I know for me, and this is still growing for me. Like this is a growing process for me. Sometimes I'll see something and it'll look right or it'll make a lot of sense, and I try my very best to be objective and not get too high or too low. Uh, some Raider fans like that, some don't, and that's okay. Uh, but I try to not you know, oversell something and, and say, oh, man, and, and, and like fanboy out 
because that doesn't do anybody any good. I don't want to be the guy that comes and delivers news to you and says that, oh, this is going to happen, this, that, and the other, and then it's completely opposite. It's like, well, what were you talking? What were you seeing, Q? And it's because, you know, I let my fandom get in the way. And, you know, sometimes Raider fans get mad, especially like when they look at Raider Nation Radio 920 and they're like, well, there's not even, you guys aren't all even Raider fans. Well, actually, that's a good thing. If you get the sounds and you get the thoughts and you get the objective from guys that aren't Raider fans, they don't have an agenda to make you happy, right? So it's easy for me to, you know, see success and get excited about it because I'm a lifelong Raider fan. But I also had to really teach myself to be objective so I don't come in and get too hype and too high on something and, and sell someone a bill of goods that's not correct and not accurate. So most of the times when you see guys cover teams, they're not fans of that team. And there's a reason for that. You know, just like when I cover the Cowboys, I try to cover the Raiders the same as I cover the Cowboys. I'm not a fan of the Cowboys. I'm not a fan of the Texans, but I've covered those teams. I'm not a Baylor fan, but I covered Baylor. I didn't go to Baylor, right? You know, so I try to cover everybody the same with the same objective kind of lens because that's when you get the most information, the most accurate information, the real truth as much as you can. Now, you're never going to make everybody happy. Someone's always going to have a complaint. And it's just one of those situations you got to deal with. But as far as I'm concerned, that's kind of how it is. It's just, you know, I think that it's an advantage when you don't have a bunch of fans of one team that are covering a team because a lot of times they'll kind of get, you know, they're, they're, they'll kind of get blinded with that team's glasses on, right? And so uh, I know that, a lot, like I said, a lot of fans get mad. Oh, this guy's not even a Raider fan. doesn't matter. That's very rare that that happens. You get the opportunity. I'm very blessed that I'm in the opportunity to do that. But – I try not to let that cloud my vision of this team, if that makes a lot of sense. And like I said, it's a very lengthy um, response. I apologize for that. And, you know, again, I can go on so many different angles. This is a conversation that we could spend a whole 30 minutes of a podcast talking about if we want to really get down to that. Maybe that's a good offseason conversation. But now that it's almost a regular season, I definitely don't have time to break it all the way down. But I think it's a very good question, Modesto Dave. Thanks so much for the text. I got a call from Brian in Pittsburgh. He's calling to talk about the defense. It talks about an interview I did with Eric Allen and the conversation we had when it came to turnovers and, in particular, getting INTs. Here's Brian in Pittsburgh. What's going on, kids? Brian over here in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Just listening to your uh, Monday morning pod here on the way to work. Uh, everybody, yeah, everybody's talking about Aiden O'Connell, but uh, one one thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about that defense, man. And I want to uh, want to go back to one of the interviews you had at the, uh, in the off season. Um, I believe you correct me if I'm wrong. I think it was Eric Allen you had you had on there with you. And I'm going to go back to the number 21. Uh, the number 21, I believe you said, uh, you know, the Raiders would have a number back in the day with Eric Allen and all them guys on the edge, on the corners. How many interceptions are going to get this year? Well, you know, I know it's preseason, but hey, them, them guys on defense are flying around. I think we got two interceptions right now through two games. Um, but you and I both know, and I'm sure all Raider Nation knows, that should be four minimum. Uh, Saturday night, Amik should have, he should have had that pick six. That was a beautiful play. Cut right in front of the receiver. Just gotta, gotta get them bricks out of your hands, catch that ball and go the other way. Those are the plays you sit there, you talk about being made, just like how, uh, Isaiah pull him out, making that play. It was right to him, but he had to make the play. Um, another one, Duke Shelley. Duke Shelley in the, uh, first preseason game against the Niners. That, that guy had it. That was right in his bread basket. And, you ask me, the Raiders shut out the Niners. That was a fluke touchdown. That, that was a 34 to nothing game. 
And uh, last game, you know, we were only allowed, what, 17 points or something like that, I think, 17 or 14. That defense is looking nice, man. They're ball hawking around that ball. If they pick both those off, that's four interceptions through two games. I could be missing one. I'm wrong, though. I could be wrong. Who knows? But, yo, four, you keep that pace going, that's 34 interceptions on the season. So, let's go, man. Let's let's hope this defense keeps flying around. Let's hope uh, Farber keeps balling out out there, making Raider Nation proud. We're going to all start growing mustaches. I just can't wait, man. I can't wait for the season to get here. Three more weeks, guys. All right, Raiders. Brian, thanks so much for the call. And, yeah, man, I'm glad you brought up the turnovers, right? Something I talked about in segment number two. 40 sacks, 20 picks. That's my goal that I felt the Raiders should be aiming for. And that's what Eric Allen said that Willie Shaw, when he was the defensive coordinator, that was the number he put up on the whiteboard when the the training camp opened up. All right, guys, 20 interceptions is what we're going to get. Who's going to help us get that? Who's going to lead the, the the team in getting us to 20? Who you know? Is it going to be you, EA? Is it going to be you, C. Wood? Is it going to be you, you know, Kirk Morrison or whatever? You know, whoever, whoever was playing at the time, right? I mean, I don't know the whole roster, but who's going to go out there and make the plays? Who's going to get the interceptions? And all those guys would compete to try to get that ball, and they wanted to lead the team in interceptions. They wanted to be the, the guy to help that team get there. And so when he saw 20, he was like, that's, that's achievable because I'm going to get eight or nine myself. C. Wood's going to get eight or nine himself. That's already up to 16, 17. All we need to do is have a couple linebackers pick up a couple, maybe a couple safeties pick up a couple. We're over that 20 number. We've done what we're supposed to do. And that's what I think that they need to do. I've asked Patrick Graham. I've asked Coach McDaniels if there's, you know, some kind of a number, some kind of goal. I asked Max Crosby. He said no. Uh, I think that there should be. And I'm sure that there is some kind of number, maybe not number, but I'm sure that they have some kind of goal that they have set in the room that they don't have to tell me about. I'm okay with it, with that, but I, I like that approach, and that's what EA has told me multiple times that Willie Shaw, when he was the defensive coordinator of the Raiders, that's what they would do. So I think that that's something, that's something that should be achievable. And I'll tell you right now, look, the Raiders should have what? They should have six already. Uh, they have two interceptions. Uh, but as you mentioned, they should have at least four, you know, and then again, maybe five because Amari uh, Bernie should have had one as well. So, you know, Shelly should have had one in the end zone. Amik should have had that pick six. They have two already and Bernie. Yeah, that would have been five. Uh, but so far through two preseason games, they have five sacks, seven tackles for losses, two INTs, one return for six and six passes defense. That's not bad through two games. Not bad. You do the math what that would be over the course of a regular season, 17 games. It's not a bad defensive year. I'm not saying that that's what's going to happen. They're going to average that every game. Not saying that at all. But that's a good start. And habits are forming right now in training camp. So thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. We'll get one more text in. And I know I'm getting a little short on time, getting a little long with my answers. I'm sorry about that. This text is from Scott. He says, Q, it's preseason with all the caveats that come with that. But overall, I don't think they could have asked for much better than they've shown so far. Maybe the defense converting more turnover opportunities. I like Tucker a lot, but I have to wonder if he's getting a little DHB in him at times. The real upside is that these are mostly the twos, and they're being very competitive. So while they might not be the starters, it looks like the Raiders will have some depth that they have been lacking for a long time. Hopefully that means the inevitable injury won't derail the season. That's a text from Scott. And, yeah, that's the thing. The Raiders have a lot of top-end talent, but what's derailed them for multiple years is the talent behind them. They haven't had depth, and that's why the Raiders went out and got a nice blend of veterans, and then they brought in a lot of younger guys too. So they have a lot of veterans that can help show the young guys and kind of teach them and groom them and bring them along. But 
the veterans could play right now. And if the the young guys like a like a Trey Tucker, if he sits behind DeAndre Carter and yeah, he gets into the game, but he's not the primary guy. Then all of a sudden, when it's, when DeAndre Carter is done and, and his one year is up, then all of a sudden it's the Trey Tucker show, right? And that goes with you know the running backs like Zamir White and Britton Brown. That goes with you know tight ends. Uh, obviously, you got Austin Hooper out there. Michael Mayer is supposed to be that guy. I think that they'll work hand in hand. Tyree Wilson eventually will be the guy for Chandler Jones uh, if all goes right. Byron Young will be the guy for like Bilal Nichols if all goes right. Like there's a lot of youth sitting behind some of these uh, veterans that can eventually take over and really hold it down. Like Marcus Peters ain't going to be there forever. He's like a one-year guy. Maybe they re-sign him to one more year if everything goes right. But Ja'Cory Bennett's got to step up and be the dude. Someone else has got to step up and, and be a player as well, right? So I think that what Dave Ziegler's trying to do is trying to stack this roster with a lot of talent. And even if they double up or triple up in certain positions, it's because they're building that depth and that, that cupboard of talent, like you mentioned. So Scott, thanks for that text. I do appreciate you. And that's all I got time for on today's show. Went a little bit longer than I was supposed to tomorrow. Raider meatloaf. I got a text from Stabler's ghost. You'll get those on tomorrow's show. We'll have news and notes. We'll have plenty of conversation as we completely turn the page from the Rams game and start focusing in on the final preseason game, which is the Dallas Cowboys. We'll do that starting tomorrow on the show. Of course, we'll hear from head coach Josh McDaniels about 11.15 this morning. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.